There we go. Shalom. I'm Mary. Actually, it's Miriam, but Mary for short. And uh, when I was growing up, there were a lot of people called Mary. It's a very common name. In fact, as a child, it seemed like every family had a Mary in it. And when uh, all the kids were out in the streets playing and one of the moms would call us, it, it was like at least a dozen other girls would stand up and we would all look around at the same time. And when I started following Jesus, it was no different. There were still a lot of Marys. And so they got to calling us, you know, Mary, mother of so-and-so, or Mary, wife of so-and-so. And, and since I wasn't anybody's wife or mother, well, for me, it was Mary of Magdal. Magdal's my hometown. And so they started calling me Mary the Magdalene, and then it was just Magdalene. That was my nickname for short. When I first met Jesus... There was a lot of chaos, I mean chaos in my life. You, you have no idea. I had so many self-destructive behaviors and self-destructive ideas and no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't seem to stop. And I was a lot of things, but I want you to know I was not a prostitute. Uh, nobody even suggested such a thing until I'd been dead for 500 years. And then this man named Pope Gregory VI did a sermon on a Sunday and came up with this elaborate story about how Jesus had rescued me from prostitution, which was completely false. But it stuck. And that's sort of the word on the streets, it seems to me. And uh, then all these men started painting portraits, you know, from our lives. And you know, they would paint me as this, alluring temptress which really burns me up but there doesn't seem to be anything I can do about it how would you like your reputation sullied after you're long dead when you can't defend yourself no I was just driven by many demons I mean demons I had I had obsessions and I had illusions, and I had hallucinations, and I had compulsions, and lots of self-defeating thoughts. And I was miserable, doing everything in my power, everything I could to flee the pain of my existence, which of course just made everything worse. And then I met Jesus. And I'll never forget it, he looked at me and it's like he just seemed to know everything, everything about me, all the things I don't want anybody to know. And I wanted to run. I was going to hide. But before I could make a move, he spoke. And with a word, he healed me. I mean, with one word. People say he cast out seven demons. It was not like, oh, a demon came out one Another one, two, you know, like people didn't count off. Seven demons. It's just an expression. It's it just seven. It, it means perfectly, completely healed. Perfectly and completely healed. I mean, seven represents the holy. You think about it, the seventh day is the Sabbath. And it was because on the seventh day, God, because 
Creation was completely the way God intended it to be. Before Jesus, I was a tormented mess. I, I, you can ask people who knew me. It was, I was a mess, a total chaotic mess. And then Jesus spoke, and for the first time in my life, I felt complete. Free. The hunger, the cravings ceased. The clouds parted. It was like God's light came streaming, streaming into me. And after that day, I stayed close to that man. I stayed really close to Jesus. In fact, I started following him and was part of that group, the whole group of disciples who followed him wherever we went. And we were traveling, and we became this really close-knit community. And, uh, and it was wonderful. And then jo Joanna, she's the wife of Chusa. There's a lot of Joannas. Um, and, and also Susanna and some of the other women, the ones who had been healed like I had or had, had demons cast out of them, we just became really the best friends. We were always together. We did everything together. And we were blessed. Some of us, we had more wealth than some of the others had, and so we shared our resources and supported the ministry. And, you know, it was no big deal. So many of you, you do the same thing. You do that. And everyone did what they could. The fishermen fished. The carpenters fixed things. I learned in all that time with Jesus, three years with him almost, what I learned is that there is nothing in this world stronger than the power of God. Nothing. And that we have access to this power of God through prayer. Jesus was always praying all the time, always taking little breaks to steal off and chat with God. And, and he talked to God. They had this close relationship. He talked to God like God was his, his Abba, his, his father. And, and there was nothing in life too small for Jesus to pray about. He prayed about everything all the time, constantly. And your pastor got a lesson in this just this past week. She had, I want you to know, she doesn't tell you these things. <laughs> she had spent hours taking down life story for a funeral that's coming up. And she had pages and pages that she had written. And then she lost the notes. And she was looking for them for weeks. And then she got really frantic, and so she was tearing apart her office. And she tore up her house and she was just on the verge of tears and, and panicked and had to call and admit and confess to the family what she had done. And then she confessed it to the prayer team because they do know things about her that y'all don't all know. And Marilyn Moss told her, pray to God. Really? So she, but she did it. And do you know God found the papers? Three days later, they showed up on her desk where she and her veils had been looking. And I laughed. I laughed. See, Jesus didn't do a thing without praying. Every miracle he performed came from God, straight from God. Every miracle. He never talked about having power of his own. He really didn't talk about that. He only talked about the power and life of God, which he could feel flowing through him to help those in the world. And before he would heal somebody, he would pray to God 
and asked that God would bring the healing. And before he made any decision, he prayed. And then he waited for the Spirit to guide him. And he told us that we would do the same things, the same miracles that he did, that we would do them because God was going to work right through us also. And he taught us to trust God, and he taught us to trust our place in, in life and in the world, to trust life, and he taught us to trust one another. And I want you to know that last one was the hardest of all, and it didn't go perfectly all the time. But we learned, we did, through hard knocks, that together, as a group, we're smarter and stronger and wiser and more spirit-filled than we ever could be by ourselves. We saw so many amazing things. We saw so many lives just turned around like that. We saw people who had no direction in life become the most committed disciples, just seemed like on the spot. And we saw relationships restored, and we saw people healed of all sorts of things. And life with Jesus was beautiful, and it was fulfilling. And then when he died, we were absolutely crushed. I mean, for one, we never imagined he was going to die. We thought somehow he's kind of above that. But when they whipped him and beat him and nailed him to that cross, he bled just like us, just like us. And I don't like to talk about that night. It was, it was terrifying. And, and I thought it would drive me out of my mind again. I would lose my mind all over again watching that, witnessing that violence. But Joanna and Susanna and other Mary and the other women and some of the rest of the disciples were with me. And together, together, we were able to be there for Jesus and to support him until the moment he died. And I'm thankful to God for the strength God gave me that night and for the strength God's given me every night since. You know, with God, we can do all the things Jesus ever calls us to do. We can things we never imagined we could do, but without God, we can't do any of it. And when they took his body down and we followed them to the tomb and saw where they laid him, it was really late. And so we went back home and then the next morning early, Susanna and uh, Joanna and I got up and we gathered up the spices and we had all the linens and we were going to go to the tomb and, you know, Prepare his body with dignity for its final rest. And we got there, and he wasn't there, which, you know, left us really stricken. I mean, we thought, my gosh, somebody, they've moved him. What have they done with him? And we were in a panic, and there, and there was this blinding light, and suddenly two men who seemed almost as though they were made out of light were there beside us, and they reminded us that Jesus said, that he would be raised and that he would meet us in Galilee. So the other women went off to tell me what we had just seen, and then I had a vision. I had a vision. That's the only thing I can describe it as is a vision. I, I don't know if I saw it in my eyes or if I saw it in the, my mind's eye, but I thought it was the gardener. I, I didn't recognize him. And I asked him, gosh, do you know, you know do you, he's missing. Do you know where they moved this man? And then he said my name, Mary. And then I knew. I just knew. I knew it was Jesus. I knew the minute, the minute he said my name, 
I knew that it was Jesus, and I can't explain how I knew it. I just did. And he always said it was going to be like that. He said it's going to be like those shepherds who know their sheep, and they call their sheep by name, and their sheep, his sheep follow him. They come to him. And I rushed to share the news with all the who were all together grieving. I told them not to grieve. Don't be sad. We don't have to grieve. Jesus is alive. I have seen him. And he said, you know, he's risen just like he said he would be risen. And he wants us to go out and he wants us to tell the whole world the good news. Everybody we met, tell the good news that Jesus isn't dead. And the men didn't believe me. Go figure. No surprise, right? No, and they didn't believe the other women either. They thought we were just being hysterical females. So Peter got up and ran to the grave and looked in, and everything was just like we said. It was going to be, and of course, they believed him. But it doesn't really matter because I knew. I knew. I knew because Jesus had come to me, and he had revealed himself to me, and I knew that I would see him again. And he taught me many things. He taught me the importance of talking to God constantly, constantly, about everything. And he also taught me the power of love. Jesus taught me the power of love. He loved me and he loves all of you too in a way that nobody else could. And death is no, no contest against love because the power of love restores life. The power of love gives life. So do not be afraid, Jesus says. I am with you. And I have called you each by name. Come and follow me and I will bring you home. I love you and you are mine. Amen.